High heels on my tippies. Doe say in Gabbana, that's on my tippies. Hello, all of the Man I Love Film pod listeners. We are here in Gag City. We're coming to you live <laughs> from Gag City. <laughs> Isabel has a skyline view while I am still at Gag U- City University. GCU. For my gag apartment. <laughs> and my gag penthouse. This is my um, view. <laughs> I can see planets from your view, babes. Pink You're planets. You're your PhD in slay, obviously. <laughs> At Gag University, you know, Nicki Minaj is big on higher education for women. Barb's rise. Um, <laughs> we all salute our president, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> anyway, if you guys don't... <laughs> If you guys don't follow, like, some things, you know, um, Pink Friday 2 just came out and a ton of people on Twitter are making, like, fake AI of Gag City, which is, like, this all pink utopia. And it was, like, who's arriving in Gag City? And it's, like, all pink everything and everyone wears pink. And they were, like, what was it? Kim Kardashian was not allowed in Gag City. And then people in the comments were like, I heard she got a residency card recently. She did <laughs> not. You people are lying. <laughs> or like, who, was, who else was denied Gag City entrance? Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks. But then I saw one that was like, Abby Lee Miller has arrived to Gag City. <laughs> and they're like pink edited pictures. And Loki, they're my favorite thing. I, I was having too much fun looking at these Gag City pictures where they're like, welcome to Gag City. Also, I don't know about y'all, man. I love film pod listeners, but Gag City is real in Roblox. Go visit Gag City and you can join us here in Gag City. In Gag City. Anyway, that was enough time on my my silly thing. I said this to Isabel, and I was like, we should record the pod from Gag City. I was at work, and you texted me. You were like, something in the Gag City. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you were like, check your TikTok. And I was like, okay. And I opened my TikTok, and you sent me like three TikToks about the citizens of Gag City. Yeah. It was like, who has arrived to Gag City? And then it was like, Gypsy Rose Blanchard has arrived to Gag City. Um, I can't remember. It was like, the missing Titanic submersible has entered Gag City. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet has entered Gag City. Noah Schnapp was denied entry to Gag City. <laughs> Those were... Those were so funny. I can't. The Gag City thing has been simmering in my mind. They Did you know they sell Gag City passports? Like a passport cover for your real passport. And it says resident of Gag City. I should get one. I know it's bright pink. But I was like, what is it going to look like? If like I show up to Border Patrol. And I'm like, here's my passport. Like, oh, she's from Gag City. 
<laughs> in the country of Gagtopia. Like, real. Anyway, anyway, that's enough on my my silly little spiel. <laughs> My silly little thing that I wanted to do. How, um, I know that we talked, we like mentioned this briefly as we were getting on this call. Um, bad coffee experiences. What was your bad coffee experience this morning? Okay. So, and maybe within like a 10 minute distance of my house is a Wawa's and a racetrack. And, uh, the, the racetrack is closer. And I woke up like 30 minutes before we were supposed to record and you were, I wouldn't have tried, but you were like, I want coffee. And I was like, I also want coffee. So she'll probably take a while too. So I'm going to go get coffee. So I go to get coffee at racetrack and I always get the iced coffees confused. Like I can never remember which place has which iced coffee. And so I go to the racetrack because it's closer and it was the wrong one because Wawa's has like, you can no, just like, it, it's already formulated, you know? And then yeah. you just, you put ice in your cup and you put coffee in the cup and it's good. It tastes good. At least for gas station iced coffee. You go to racetrack. They're like, they have a machine that is labeled iced coffee, but only dispenses ice. So then you're fooled Wait. into thinking <laughs> that this machine gives you pre-made iced coffee. But no, it, it gives you ice. And then there's a little sign on it that's like, now put the the straight from bean coffee in your coffee or in your cup and that coffee is hot coffee because it's Ooh. being roasted immediately and I'm like this isn't like theoretically yes this is how iced coffee works but like you give it a minute to simmer also I'm I'm not a coffee professional I don't barista is not the right word for gas station coffee but you know what I mean. Like someone else is worrying about the the measurements of the Wawa's gas station coffee. No one is worrying about the measurements at racetrack. Like theoretically, I could put in whatever amount of anything I want to do, which is the problem because I have human error. I tried my best, but like I could have made this at home. Like I have creamer and I have I have milk and I have coffee like if i wanted to go make my own coffee i could have done that here in the comforts of my own home so now i'm just drinking like coffee that i could have made myself what about you i wanted to go to i've become a dutch bros person i like i got some last week from a friend and then i went myself and i tried it and it was a big coffee. It was like Dunkin' size servings for, you know, similar to Dunkin' prices. There's no Dunkin' near me. And I wanted to go this morning, but there was like a lot of traffic. So I was like, oh, I'm not doing all that. So I went to a, now this is not to slander local coffee places, but some of y'all got me messed up. I went to First Watch to pick up my food order because I like to... Because it's like a whole meal and it's like $12, which is comparable to what I'd get if I got like almost basically fast food breakfast. You know what I'm saying? So I ordered my little breakfast, and but I didn't like the coffees that they serve at first watch. So it's like, okay, let me go pick one up. I'm going to show you how tiny this little coffee is. Now I'm big. I recognize I have large hands, 
But let's look at this tiny little coffee. You can't see it over the Gag City picture, but here, like, look at it's smaller than my hand. And I paid the same what amount as see? I paid for I paid, yeah, I paid the same amount I paid for my medium Dutch bros, which was six to seven. It was six dollars. And then I tipped a dollar because I hate when they put that iPad in front of me. I, suddenly I become Mother Teresa, apparently. But um, it's so tiny and it's like kind of mid. And the one I had at Dutch Bros yesterday was the same price. And it was like double this. And uh, I mean, you're just holding it with your palm and your thumb. So yeah, I'm literally holding it with like my palm and my or my thumb and my pinky. That's how tiny it is to my my hands. I could finish this in four sips like a Capri Sun. She's a cutesy little ladybug. <laughs> She's a mammoth, of course. Of course. <laughs> Yours is not a mammoth. No, it's definitely not. It's 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 opposite of mammoth. Let's look up antonyms of mammoth. It's ladybug. If if a regular you know those pictures of like Jennifer Lawrence standing to, next to Josh Hutcherson when she's wearing heels on the red carpet? Josh yeah. Hutchinson is the size of my cup of coffee right now, and I expected Jay Law. Hold him in Law. your hand. Yeah. I just expected Jay Law, and I got Jay Hutch. <laughs> Everyone's like, I thought this was a film podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. What, what have you... What have you been watching? Have you been watching anything this week? Talk about film. Yeah, so I I wanted to see Saltburn this weekend because I didn't get to see it last weekend. And if you mm-hmm. have noticed, it is not in my letterbox. And that is because our town has stopped playing it. And no! I didn't feel like leaving uh, our, our town to go to a city to watch this movie. And I get because to a city makes it sound like we live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, if they're not playing Saltburn, that's kind of the middle of nowhere. Anyways, yes. so, and then I also I thought, okay, Poor Things came out in a limited release this weekend, which I didn't know that it was a limited release. I thought that it was just like everywhere. And then I'm like looking up showtimes and I can't find it anywhere. Come to find out there are places nearby here that are playing it next weekend. But mm-hmm. um, it doesn't get like a wide release until the 22nd, I think. So that was really disappointing because I was really looking forward to that. And then so I was like, well, now I just feel like I need to see something. And there wasn't anything that I was like particularly excited for but I was like I gotta make up for it somehow and so I watched The Boy and the Heron um, which like you know I wasn't probably going to see it in theaters just because like I've tried to watch uh, the the girls are gonna come for me I've tried to watch Miyazaki movies before and it's not that I don't like them but we've established before that I have a very small attention span. I realize that that is a a fault of mine, okay? But it's the truth nonetheless. And I feel like those movies require your full attention. 
So I've started them before and not finished them or I've like watched them with friends and didn't really like pay attention the whole time. Um, Because like I can't remember the last time one came out. Like there hasn't mm. really been a time where you know, I had an opportunity to see one that I can remember within the forced, you know, attention of a movie theater. So the forced I saw... attention of a movie theater is wild. <laughs> um, I, I remember Ponyo like... came out when we were kids. Yeah, but like, I didn't drive. Like, I was seven. <laughs> seven? My How... mom, my what mom took that? us to go. My mom uh-huh. really, really loved Miyazaki movies. So, like, growing up, we always had My Neighbor Totoro. She found Spirited Away a little too much, so we did not watch Spirited Away. But we watched Ponyo, and I remember my mom bought it, which was really interesting because my mom is not a big movie person. Yeah, it's not that I don't like them. I just, like, have never been able to finish one. And then, so I saw this one, and Mm -hmm. I will admit, I was very tired. I was sleepy. So there were a couple moments where I drifted off a little. Ah! No! You were the sleeper in the theater? And I never do that. I wanted you to know how much I never do that. Like, I what was time surprised. was this movie at? It was only at like 6 o'clock. I'm crying. <laughs> like, I was falling asleep and I was like, oh my gosh. I look geriatric. So anyways... But, like, I don't think that it was for very long. Um, But I still liked it, you know? Like, I don't have much to compare it to because I haven't finished most of the Miyazaki films that I've attempted to watch. Um, But I liked it a lot. I thought it was really beautiful. And the animation is just, like, insane. And I saw some, like, not to get too much into it, but, like, I saw someone arguing that like Disney can't really afford to make a 2D movie anymore even if they wanted to because like it's just not like as much as people want to say that like oh we want 2D films we want 2D films like the general public at least according to this person wants 3D or wants CGI and like what people are saying is not matching what people are doing which I do think is true to to an extent, but at the same time, like, I know Miyazaki or that studio, Studio Ghibli, is not, like, quite on the same scale as Disney, but they're still pretty big. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they can afford to make 2D films, Disney can afford to make 2D films. I'm going to say something. I think it's because Studio Ghibli cares about the art itself the art of the animation the art of creating a film like that and i think disney is no longer in that era of caring about the art and it's it's been a while since they've cared about the art like at to to a very very intricate level like of course these movies come out like i remember when merida came out they were like oh my god we spent so many hours animating her hair or like coco they were like we we put like a bajillion lights in the city and stuff like that but like you look at some of the first projects and it's like Snow White and the intricacies of like the 2D animation, even just the backgrounds, the way they painted the backgrounds, it's about the art. And I feel like there's a loss of that, especially when you look at movies like Wish, 
where nothing really stood out visually to me from the ads so i didn't go see it i don't know or like the ending of tangled and um princess and the frog where we see like the hand-painted sketches i love those pictures those are like so cute but let's see the follow-through it's just it's really frustrating because i don't know if you've seen people sharing the like concept art for wish but Mm -hmm. like there was a better story that people had in mind and like i feel like you know the past couple years the concept art for disney films has been better than the actual animation and i feel like the like they have the creative minds and the artists yeah like you were saying that you know we're not really getting to see like they have them they're Mm -hmm. there and they're working on these things but then it just gets to like you know the upper levels of like producers and executives and things like that and they're like throw in a talking goat that for some reason has a man voice because we want to be able to sell a stuffed talking goat and so it's I think that's like what's ruining it more than anything Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think there's definitely people who have the talent and like have the want to create these things, but the people who make the choices at the end of the day are clearly not on the same page. Yeah. And then also I watch I finally watched American Psycho and <laughs> I'm almost like I wish that we could do, so one of these days we have to do an episode on it because I have so many thoughts that I'm going to have to tell you afterwards. Because, like, it's too much. It's too much. Um, I thought it was good. I liked it more than Fight Club, which the two often get compared. Um, Still kind of, like, iffy on some parts of it. Because, like, I'm inevitably going to be iffy about yeah. a film that has that much yeah. violence towards women. But, I mean, it's a satire. So, like, I understand that it's not just, like, for the sake of it. But, at this, like, I just can't fully get behind it but i liked it more than fight club so i'm a hardcore christian bale fan yeah i was like i don't think that you because you talk about this movie a lot i'm like but i don't think that she's talking about it for the movie i think she's talking no. about it for christian bale. for christian bale oh, one more thing though about the boy and the heron i mean in the trailers right robert pattinson's voice acting is like insane yeah like the voice that he's doing but in the movie it's even more insane like he's really? doing he's doing like multiple voices for this one character because like the character kind of has like i don't know how to describe it without like it's not like a huge spoiler but like he kind of like let's just say evolves or like morphs into different yeah. forms throughout the movie okay. and has like different personalities almost i don't know if that's quite accurate but that's i'm trying to like give the vibe you know and so he's doing all of these different voices for one character and they're all like super different and it's just like i most of the time if a voice acting performance catches me by surprise like oh i didn't know Mm. that it was this famous actor like once you tell me i can still pick it out even if it is a really good unique voice they're putting on I can still pick out their voice in there somewhere Robert Mm -hmm. Pattinson I could not like I'm like I was like I know this is Robert Pattinson 
but I can't like I can't I cannot hear him at all like if if I knew him per like if I were Suki Waterhouse and he came up to me using that voice I'd be like <laughs> absolutely not like you this is like possession that's I feel like that's so Robert, you know? Like, I love is... it for him, though. Like, I hope that he does more voice acting. Because, like, he's clearly so excited and comfortable about it. Like, it's, it's cr- like, next Mark Hamill, dare I say. You know, one thing about Robert Pattinson, then we're going to talk about something else. But, like, I saw this article. It was, like, send boring people to jail or to prison, says Robert Pattinson. And that's so him. <laughs> but also, someone else who I found out was really good at voice acting acting was Offset from Migos. Because yeah. I saw this clip that, you know, Offset and Cardi B have kids, right? And they love Baby Shark. So Offset and Cardi B did voice acting for the new Baby Shark thing, whatever. And I was listening to it. Why does Offset have the most velvet, lovely children's voice? So supportive, dad. It was, it was, I was sitting there, I was like, why does he sound like every dad from every cartoon I've ever heard, like, growing up? It was so good. And I was like, his manager is underselling him. Because if it was me, Offset, sir, you would be booked. We would have you in children's TV. Nick Jr. wouldn't know what hit them. Because, like... Yeah, booked. Booked. Anyway. Yeah. What did you watch anything new this week? <laughs> I wa- <laughs> I watched like one thing. <laughs> like I don't know why I'm acting like that. You're like rubbing your hands. <laughs> like he he. Um so I watched the movie Daybreakers. It's a vampire movie from 2009 with Ethan Hawke and the premise of it is that a virus takes over but the virus is being a vampire and so the few humans left they're like bleeding them it's basically like vampire capitalism movie featuring Ethan Hawke and yeah that's like vampire capitalism it was interesting. It was definitely one of the better vampire movies I've seen because I feel like sometimes vampire movies fall into this lull of like romance, interestingly enough, or like things like that. So like, you know, we have like things like Twilight or um, Interview with a Vampire, where it's very clearly like interpersonal issues between vampires. And this was more of a like, what if blood was money? blood money to the higher level you know what i mean it literally is blood money so yeah i saw that and then i saw um black christmas from 1974 it's a horror christmas movie and it's about like a sorority house terrorized by a stranger who murders sorority sisters during christmas break and i have to say it's really it was pretty good 1974 yeah, like this movie is the same age as my mother. And it's it's pretty good. Like I understand why it's kind of cult classic like. I think the the story is also really interesting. Um so yeah, if if you're interested in something horror-y for Christmas, I would check it out. 
it's not too gory, but it is a little. There's a little blood. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, Christmas movies. Hee hee hee. So, speaking of Christmas movies, this week we did Barbie and the Nutcracker 2001, and we will get to this idea um, after next week, but um, originally this week we were going to do Little Women 19 whatever, and I don't say that li- <laughs> like uh, whatever, like I, I legit don't know the year, and Little Women 2019, we were going to kind of like watch them both you know who's the older one I know Kristen Bale (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we were gonna watch the two of those and then compare them but we're gonna do that later this month because I was like because we did the Muppets last week right and that was like your childhood Christmas movie honestly this isn't the Christmas movie that I watched the most but it was like out of all of them the most comparable to yours so i was like <laughs> let's watch barbie and the nutcracker do you have the letterbox review or letterbox yeah let- i always say that letterbox summary okay barbie in the nutcracker um barbie quote stars as clara in this animated retelling of the classic christmas ballet complete with the Tchaikovsky soundtrack and ballet choreography, which they were not lying about that. I I, I don't think I've ever seen this movie. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay, I, I, I had that in my questions for you. <laughs> so I was watching it, and I've seen a couple of the other Barbie movies. I think I saw, like, the island one, where she's, like, an island princess, and there's, like, a mm. peacock skirt dress thing. And the Princess and the Popper one. But other than that, I don't think I watched any of the rest of them. So this one was a wild ride for me. Hey, listen, I these movies were my childhood. Like every Christmas, every birthday, my grandma used to give me bar like packages of Barbies, Barbie movies. Like she was keeping me like updated with the BCU. And I, but this wasn't like my favorite. Um, call me basic, but my favorite is Barbie Princess and the Popper. Um, closely yeah. followed up by Barbie Swan Lake. Um, but yeah, this one. So this one I don't revisit a lot because, like, over the years, you know, I I feel like I watch at least like one Barbie movie per season. Just like, you know, well, if I'm yeah. like cleaning, I'm like, let me just throw on a Barbie movie. Um, but this one I haven't, I don't even think I've seen it since like like the appropriate age to be watching <laughs> Barbie movies. Um yeah, so yeah, I was gonna ask you that. I was like, because I've asked you before if you watched any Barbie movies and I knew mm-hmm. vaguely that you had, but I couldn't remember like what your exact answer was. But no, like these, my blood ran pink, okay, from the ages of like zero to like nine. <laughs> yeah, I 
this was not we we had a little discussion we'll talk about it later about like movies that were childhood slash christmas movies for us and this one was not it for me. i did have a telling of the nutcracker uh-huh we can we 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 could guess which one it was and we'll we'll discuss it later but no one is going to possibly guess which one it was <laughs> Like, I, <laughs> when I told you about it and you were like, what? <laughs> I was like, how would that even work? But yeah, anyways, so I'll explain last, it. last week we were kind of able to be like, everybody knows the plot of A Christmas Carol, but the plot of this movie hardly yeah. matches the plot of the original ballet. So there's a book. And then there was a ballet that the book, or yeah, that was based on the book. I didn't bother mm-hmm. to look up the plot of the actual book uh, because either. this is supposed to be an adaptation of the ballet. So yeah. I didn't care. Um, but the plot of the book is, I mean, it follows you mean the, the basic ballet? outline. Hmm? Oh, yeah. The, the plot of the ballet, um, the Barbie movie follows the basic outline. And then takes a lot of like creative liberties. Um, so in the play or in the ballet, um, you still have you don't have the aunt. So there's an aunt that gives. <laughs> you know, actually, I think it might be easier to just go through the Barbie plot. So, Barbie. Yeah. First of all, let me get into the BCU. Okay. <laughs> this is this was crazy to watch because there's like three levels to this movie. Yeah, okay. So the, and this this establishes this is the first Barbie animated movie. Like I'm sure that oh, there wait, were really? Yeah. So like there might have been like 2D ones or something in the 80s, but like when you think mm-hmm. this look of the style ones. Yeah. Basically those were like The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton and these are the Avengers movies with um Mark Ruffalo. Okay. So if you want a comparison. So when you think like quintessential like Barbie animated movies, this is the first one of those. It's the first computer animated one. And so this establishes a common theme that you see across like all most Barbie movies leading up to a certain point where you have Barbie herself usually talking to Kelly, her little sister. Mm-hmm. And she's opening the narrative in some sort of, like, lesson or story. So we open the movie with Barbie trying to teach Kelly this, like, ballet solo. And Kelly can't do it. And she's like, man, I'm never going to get this. And she's like, let me tell you a story where I'm the main character. So then we get into, like, a framed <laughs> narrative where Barbie is playing um clara the nutcracker kelly nowhere to be seen the thing with nope. the thing with children in the barbie movies is i wrote this up they're animated like you know in what we do in the shadows when they talk about how like renaissance painters couldn't paint cats faces correctly and then they show someone whose face is just like superimposed onto a cat that is how animals except horses for some reason and children are animated in the barbie movies like they're kind of terrifying and also they're very, very like generic i guess you could say that about all of the characters like 
if you look at other Barbie movies, it kind of just looks like they use the same models over and over again. But especially the children are just very, like, copy and paste. So Kelly could have been one of the children that's in the rest of the story. I couldn't tell you. This is, I was thinking about this. This is just like in Muppets when we were talking and you were like, I thought it was a generic frog puppet. And I was like, no, Robin is a specific frog puppet. He is a character. And then you were like, that doesn't, this is, this is what it was like for me watching the Barbie movie because I was like, who's Barbie and who's not? I don't like, I was like, is that Kelly? Is that Kelly? I don't know. I can tell you which one's Kelly. I can tell you Clara's Barbie. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it's her parents are dead, which I don't think is a thing in the ballet. Um, I mean it's a ballet, so there's no talking, so I couldn't tell you. But um in the ballet, she's given the nutcracker by her grandfather, who's a toy maker. In this, he's just their general caretaker, and there's an aunt who's not in the ballet who comes in in a mildly culturally appropriative outfit. Because <laughs> she's like, I've just come from my travels in Asia. And she's wearing this, like, this movie came out in 2001. And, like, in 2001, there was this trend. Like, um, you know, Mary Jane Watson's outfit in Spider-Man 2, where she's kind yes. of got this, like, uh, what is it called? But it, it's, it's, like, the name. traditional chinese dress that has Mm -hmm. been um modified and dare i say like um mauled not mauled what is the word i'm looking for anyway co-opted in probably an offensive way um to just be available for like you know everyday fashion is it a kipao maybe but yeah so she's wearing one of those I'm like, ma'am. Anyway, also chopsticks yeah. in her hair. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And but you know, I will say that the source material is a lot worse. But we'll get to that. So, um, so she gives her the nutcracker, and her little brother Tommy breaks it. Um, I don't think that she's ever had a little brother in any movie after this, and I think Tommy is why. Tommy is so annoying. He's supposed to be annoying, but like I I don't I didn't remember much, right? From this movie because I haven't seen it in a while. So when they before they panned to Tommy, I was expecting a little boy that just looked like Kelly with a wig. But no, it's like like a preteen boy whose face is covered in like powdered sugar. And I'm like, sir, you are too old to be doing all of this. Yeah. So she goes to sleep. Um, her grandfather or someone is fixed in that cracker for her. She wakes up in the middle of the night and there's like a mouse war happening on the carpet. And the nutcracker is fighting the mice and the mouse king like shrinks her. Who's voiced by Tom Curry, by the way. Tim. Tim Curry, by the way. <laughs> Who's voiced by Which Tim is Curry. insane. And and he's give, I mean, speaking of like famous people giving their all in voice acting, like he's truly giving his one hundred percent in this role. 
he keeps saying nutcracker like nutcracker how many of these is he in i think that's the only one but i i didn't no. write this down what he's in the three musketeers one too oh i never watched that one he's also in the live action three musketeers <laughs> with charlie sheen and he did like seven scooby-doo movies like the <laughs> animated ones you know he's he just like living his best life um i will say that like they love casting i guess they didn't know this this probably came before death note but the one of the guys that voices the princes or either the prince or julian in princess and the pauper also voices l in death note so anyways um uh, <laughs> yeah so she gets shrunk and then this owl comes down from her clock and is like here's this necklace open it and it'll take you home but you need to go to the sugar plum princess because she's the only one that can turn you back she's like okay whatever so they travel through a portal they meet some people they realize that like the kingdom has been taken over by this mouse and the prince is nowhere to be seen the king died i think and everyone's like screw the prince like he's he sits on his ass all the time anyways like we don't want him and then they have like a shrek heart to heart on a cliff at night in front of the full moon and she's like you're the prince aren't you and he's like yeah and then um my i love when like they're talking about the prince and even the kids whose village was burned and their parents stolen were like she was like well what about the prince and the kids like who cares <laughs> and the prince is sitting they're there like, he's he can like, die yeah they were like who asked like <laughs> they're like watching their village get carted away by the rats <laughs> yeah so they're like they're they're traveling on their way and they pick up these two children this brother and sister and they're like come with us because your village has been destroyed and then they get like cornered or something by this group of people that's kind of just trying to figure out like a way to take back the kingdom captain candy and major mint who have a little something going on, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> so they they like devise this plan to get them to the sugar plum princess, and da 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 da. Um, long story short, they get to the island that she's supposedly on, and it turns out it's a trap. And the mouse king gets them, and you know takes everybody except Barbie. I can't remember where Barbie is. And then Barbie is like, I got to go save them. So she goes and saves them, gets them out. They they turn the Mouse King small, which is where I start getting really confused because Clara, Same. Clara is normal height in our universe. She gets shrunk to the yeah. to the size of the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. But but then the mice are also the like, size of the, the Nutcracker. Same. Yeah, they're big. Rats. So they're already mouse height yeah so that makes sense for them to be as tall as a nutcracker but and, then we and get there's in- for reference there's a little bat sidekick and the bat is significantly in all previous parts of this movie smaller 
than the rats. It's like it's like if like a bat to us, normal size, but the proportion is, sm- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, but then we get in this place, and there's other humans, like not nutcrackers, humans, and they're already the height that Clara is when she's shrunk. Yeah. And then when they're having this battle against the Mouse King, they shrink him more. Yeah, he's like big enough to ride the the, the bat. bat at the which because previously he basically like the pat the bat was the size of like maybe a plate because he threw yeah. a plate at the bat previously earlier on in the movie, but now he's riding the bat. Did the bat get bigger? Or the bat get smaller? Well, the the mouse got wait, smaller. Wait, because the mouse the mouse tried to like quadruple his size at some point didn't he he tried to get bigger did it backfire i can't remember i i lost track at one point yeah same um but yeah so i was really confused and then but like he they they think that they've solved everything by turning the mouse even smaller than he already was i guess and yeah. they're celebrating by doing all these dances and oh they're Laura's breaking it like, down <laughs> Clara's like, I think I'll stay here. And then the mouse comes back on the bat and is like, I think not. And then tries to like zap her. The the kids take him out with a snowball, but it's like too late. He already zapped her necklace or something. And so, yeah. (laughs) Which also, these kids have incredibly good aim, first of all. And second of all, the temperature and climate of this world in Barbie changes at many points. At some point, they're in a desert. At some point, they're on the sea. At some point, they're on a tropical island. At some point, like, there's just so many things. So I'm like, where did these kids get a snowball? Is it snowing at this castle? What is going on? There's Yeah, there's no snow to be seen. So you can only see no! that they, they carried it from wherever they went. So, yeah, they, they shoot him out of the sky, but not before he hits her necklace, which takes her home. Um, She didn't want to go home. And she wakes up. And it's like, I was like, dang, you know, when you have those dreams where you're in a relationship and then you wake up and it's not real. That's how she must. Real. <laughs> oh, not because for we forgot to mention the Nutcracker became her man's. Yeah. So he she's kind of like she doesn't even have time to be sad because she's kind of just like trying to convince everyone that she just went to this other universe. And then her aunt comes in and interrupts him and she's like look who I came across on my walk and the prince who's now a human uh, which he had turned into a human when she kissed him because he got like injured at one point I forgot to mention that and then she kissed him and then he turned into a human so now he comes in and he's a human but he's not the nutcracker and he's not the prince he's just a guy that looks like him but then they both remember the same name. yeah they both remember everything that happened but I'm just like I don't like, how did the mice get into this universe in the first place? And well, if he's a human, in the wall and... yeah. And like, you didn't um... get changed. And in... oh, also, they reveal that she is the sugar plum princess, and she can yes. turn herself back. Question mark, yeah. which is confusing, and also not something that happens in the ballet for sure. So that's kind of, but that's where the Barbie movie ends. In the ballet. No, 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 no. Oh. Oh, yeah? 
No, that doesn't end there because we're in level two of this dream, like Inception. We've at the end of the movie, we're back in the ballet studio with Barbie what, and what Kelly. Is that? We're back in the. <laughs> yeah, like. Oh yeah, my bad. So then, the so whiplash then... I got from watching, from watching Clara become Clara again in her regular universe to watching Clara become Barbie. And yeah, then there's so then, like a five minute dance sequence. Barbie's like, okay, story over. And Kelly's like, thank you for that useless amount of information that has now somehow given me the ability to perfect this dance. So then they show each other doing their little dance. And they don't have them in this movie, I don't think. But I would also like to say that her, like later Barbie movies also have bloopers bloopers that are like like animated bloopers so not only like i don't know if if it's barbie playing herself playing clara because if there's bloopers then like like what is going on well how many levels that's what i'm saying that's what I'm saying. I was this literally like people be like Inception is the greatest like levels. I don't even think Inception got four levels in from what I recall. So let's talk about that. But yeah, so then in the original <laughs> ballet. <laughs> uh, did you actually want to talk about it? I thought you were. Just no. Like, <laughs> no. I was like, I didn't mean to cut you off if you wanted to have a genuine conversation. No, we don't need to have a discourse on Inception, really. Yeah, so in the original ballet, they defeat the Mouse King before the end of the first act. And then act two is just them celebrating the defeat of the Mouse King with the Sugar Plum Fairy, not Princess Fairy, and who are not the same person. Clara and the Sugar Plum Princess are not the same person. Um, yeah, there's also no rock monster. But yeah, so there were some iffy like moments of cultural appropriation in the movie. But in the ballet, it's so much worse. So when they're celebrating... Um, the defeat of the mouse king they bring it they're like oh let's show our appreciation by like bringing in all of these sweets from different countries and so they have the like different dances there's like an arabian coffee dance and like a chinese tea dance and like a russian dance and i watched a really good video made by someone named ava hup h-u-p-p-e on youtube mm -hmm. it's like a mini documentary that from the description looks like it might have been made for like a class assignment but it's genuinely like good information um and she interviewed a couple like professional ballerinas who were just kind of talking about the history of the nutcracker and how attempts have been made to modernize it and make it less problematic yeah. um but like historically you know the russian dance in the ballet and the Spanish dance have the dances that they do, like the choreography, has legitimate basis in 
the cultural dances from those places and then mm-hmm. the Chinese dance and the Arabian dance are just like not based in anything very yeah. stereotypical movements um and the costumes are often very yikes and yeah it's rough but movements have been made to um change it and revise it so that it is instead an appreciation of all these different cultures and has real basis but i just found that really interesting because like they took all that out thankfully (laughs) but uh we still have mint major who like I don't think Kat did anything really that was like particularly bad, which was surprising. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was honestly more the aunt that was the problem in her getup. But even that yeah. compared to the ballet was like, I was just really primed for like something horrendous to pop up because I haven't seen this in a while. Really? But yeah, I couldn't help but the whole time be like, I wish that Swan Lake was a Christmas movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And that we were watching Barbie Swan Lake instead right now. This one's pretty rough. Uh, it's 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 fair. It's got some points. One good point, though, I do think, are the ballet sequences. Because um, they, they put their whole budget into Tim Curry and the ballet. Because they, they hired, like... Um, like, a ballet... I don't know if you call him, like, director. I mean, choreographer... Um, but he choreographed dances and they also hired like professional ballerinas to do motion capture mm-hmm. so all of the movements at least when they're dancing some of the movements when they're just walking are a little more iffy but the movements yeah. when they're dancing are really good and even in the scene in the end where like Kelly and Barbie are dancing like you can see that Barbie is on point shoes because she's older and Kelly is still in flats and her feet mm-hmm. even still flex. And it just feels like a detail that especially then with the technology and the fact that this was a direct to VHS movie, that they wouldn't have cared <laughs> to like take that kind of like, you know. It's about the art. Yeah, it was about the art. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I really liked that. And ballet is also like a common thing in Barbie movies. So, I have one little question. <laughs> Go for it. Throughout the movie, the little fairy pixies and like everyone is trying to get the Nutcracker and Barbie together. They're like, "This is fate. This is destiny." But like at some point, she when she saves them at the end, and all she does is hug him. Why does why did the two military guys like start covering their eyes like they did something crazy? So I was sitting there and I was like, do they not kiss in Barbie movies? But then they kiss at the end and everyone was like, hee 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 hee. I was like, why did the hug get the No get hugging the before marriage? Yeah, I was like, what is going on? I was like, how conservative are these Barbie movies? Also, um, we talked about how there's like a rock monster and he falls through the ice and when he falls through the ice it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life because first of all the animation is not great. The rock monster who developed that creature because it's not even half baked. It's not fully formed and yeah, it falls through like... the ice and he's like ah! 
Yeah, like, I was just like, they pay so much attention to the detail of the ballet, and then this rock monster hardly looks like a rock. He looks like a bunch of pieces of smooth, chewed gum. Yeah, stuck like together. rectangles, not even like... Like, like they, they could have stacked rocks and then, like, knocked them over for reference. And that would have been comparable to how he moved, but no. They were like, let's just wing it. No, real. I was was like, what is going on right now? But yeah. And there were just like a few other things here and there that I was like, this was a choice. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you had any. Hmm. I don't know. The layers the layers of the story really got me. Also, like I feel like the only thing they really got down how to animate is like Barbie herself. Horses, carriages, castles. They love a horse, especially a purple horse. Yeah. Everything else, we're kind of up in the air on this animation. Um we're we're kind yeah. of like you said about Meredith's hair in the Disney movies, I know that they uh put a lot of time and effort into her hair in this movie. Um, I they there's like a mini documentary that plays after not in the YouTube video that we watched, but like there was one that plays after the movie. It's maybe mm-hmm. like a few minutes long, and they talk about how they treated her hair like it was its own character. Um, oh. interestingly, they compared her hair to Fiona's in Shrek, or like how Fiona's is braided down her back and Clara's uh-huh. is like loose. So they were like, it's more difficult to animate something like that, obviously, because a braid is just one line down your back. And they were like, yeah, like we had to figure out how it was going to move and like all these strands and da 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 da. And it's like crazy. I mean, her hair is serving. It's just like you could tell that everything went into her in the ballet. Everything went into her because even some of the other characters, like main characters, not animated as good. That like the minute she turns into the sugar plum princess, let me tell you, the curls pop out, the tiara, the dress, like it is Barbie. I was like, oh. Wow. I love it so much. <laughs> but yeah, there are just like small things here and there. Like the the sound that Scepter makes, not to like resort to a potty joke, but it legitimately sounds like someone is using the bathroom. And every time he pointed it at somebody and like was like, blam, with the Scepter, I was like, I cannot keep doing this. It sounds so bad. And at one point, the rock monster, like, roars. And it's, like, very yeah. clearly, like, a tiger roaring. I'm like, okay. Interesting. Um, also, I don't know if you picked up on this, but in this came out 2001, right? Anastasia, mm-hmm. the animated movie, came out 1997. And it yeah. also featured... Uh, an evil bat henchman sidekick which had a very like so the voice in this that the bat is doing also felt like it was kind of maybe like ripping off Anastasia a little bit 
And I don't know if you saw the photo that I posted on our story while I was watching this. There's an old man in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like everyone is like young and spry about to fight this rebellion about against the mouse king. This man is hunched over at like a 90 degree angle holding a spear. (laughs) No one is too old for the revolution, babes. And we all contribute. When they're all celebrating them, like getting together, he's there again. Representation. But yeah, that was so, all I really had about the movie. <laughs> how many nutcrackers out of five do you get this movie? Three. Oh, that's more generous than I thought you were. <laughs> it's okay. Like, I think for kids, especially, like, it's a decent amount of time because the nutcracker I watched was significantly shorter. Oh, it was even shorter? Yeah. This is only like an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, no. Do you want to say what Nutcracker you watch? When I was a young lad <laughs> in my household, there was only one Nutcracker other than the real Nutcracker ballet. And it was the Tom and Jerry a Nutcracker tale. <laughs> the original I... movie. <laughs> It is how... only 46 minutes long. <laughs> how did that work? Like, who is the Sugar Plum Fairy? Um, I'm going to read you the synopsis right now. Christmas is never so spirited as when Tom and Jerry lock horns for the holidays in their new original movie. In an empty opera house, Jerry <laughs> wishes for a chance to perform and magically his dreams come true. The little mouse is whisked away to an enchanted kingdom where anything is possible. Candy forest, singing snowflakes, and even toys spring to life. Jerry has a great time with his new friends, and when Jerry dances with the music box ballerina, he is as happy as happy can be. Unfortunately, the alley cats, led by Tom, crash Jerry's party, kidnap the music box ballerina, and wreak havoc in the holiday kingdom. It is up to Jerry to set things right with the help of his fellow mouse named Tuffy and his newfound friends. Jerry just may win the day. So instead of the rat king, there is a cat king and Tom is involved. Jerry is the good guy and his band of friends and the ballerina is like a little toy ballerina and they play the music in the background and they battle and yeah well they only have 45 minutes so you know we gotta make things quick um i i didn't rate this movie on letterbox <laughs> so like how to um, I didn't rate this movie on on Letterboxd because, like, I have so much nostalgia in it that I don't have the heart to give it a low rating, but it probably deserves one. Yeah. It's rough. Like, even in the grand scheme of, like, other Barbie movies, it's pretty down there for me. But that could be the fact that, like, I don't... I was one when this movie came out, so... Like, True. 
you know, I was gifted them pretty like up to date. Like what I, like when Christmas came around, when my birthday came around, whatever the newest one was, if I didn't have it already, I was receiving. So like <laughs> if I received it at one years old, I clearly don't remember it. Whereas I think like I think Swan Lake maybe came out like 2003. Um, Princess and the Popper maybe 2005. So like, you know, when I had started gaining the ability to retain memories. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe that's why I don't really remember this one as much and don't hold as much like nostalgia for it. Um, but I still hold some. So I don't have the heart to give it a low score. But I was surprised by the three that you gave it and we'll just leave it at that <laughs> i think but, three, you know it's okay i it rewatch was, it with it's kids cute and it's fun yeah it, but especially like in the scheme of like like which of them have ballet in them so like swan lake has ballet in it i think the three musketeers one that i never really watched has ballet in it and mm-hmm. um the 12 dancing princesses has ballet in it and i think those all do the ballet much better Again, like, I can't knock it too hard because this was, like, not only the first, yeah, ballet movie that they animated, but the first CGI animated one at all. So, like, I can't diss it too much. But, yeah. Um, I guess things that I watched on Christmas growing up. Or, well, did you have more besides the Tom and Jerry live action? Yeah, because, like, we were talking about, like, we don't, yeah, we don't know how to, like, recast this one. And also, like, how do you pick music for it? It's a ballet. It already has music. So. Okay, so growing up, I watched a lot of those, like, so the Tom and Jerry one, to be clear, was they would show it every so often on, I think, Cartoon Network or something like that. And so I would catch it on there. Or we had VHSs of, like, straight-to-video movies. Again, we're old. So we had... (laughs) <laughs> i am 300 percent sure you get a 12 year on on here and they may not have ever even seen a vhs or know how to load it like probably not but every time we say it i just imagine someone in their like 30s or 40s listening to this and being like i need them to stop saying <laughs> anyway um yeah so i'd have vhs's of like christmas stuff i also would watch those claymation movies so like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer you know the one that's like iconicized by like whatever well there's like other ones from that same studio so they made a jack frost one which i watched all the time i don't know why we watched the jack frost one so much but um yeah we watched the jack frost one the year without a santa claus um there was a frosty the snowman one and oh god there was another one i forget which one it was but there were there were any of those i had the whole collection collection like we would watch them that was like mm-hmm. something we watched at christmas time and then obviously like there's the big name one so like elf we watched polar express we watched um christmas story and then yeah those christmas episodes of like any tv show that was out at the time oh yeah i was on that tv (laughs) that two weeks that i was free from school truly a gifted time what about you 
Um, there weren't like that many like TV specials and stuff that I watched super religiously, but like, uh, I watched the Wiggles Christmas special a lot as a kid, which I was telling you about. And they, first of all, introduced me to Spanish because they sing Feliz Navidad. I'm crying. <laughs> um, so yeah, there you go. Bilingual two, three year old me. Kidding. Um, and they also had like Irish dancers come in and do their little dance. And I remember thinking like that their skirts and dresses were so beautiful. And I was like completely like gagged. And now look where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was gesturing to my gag city background in case anyone was curious. Um, and then also I think. So you asked me, like, what my favorite Christmas movie was growing mm -hmm. up. And, like, I couldn't remember. It's like, I don't know. I don't know why I can't remember if it's my favorite. But at first I wanted to say The Grinch because I do really like that one. And I did watch Ooh, yeah. the live action specifically growing up a lot. Um, I do like the cartoon version. But, like, mm -hmm. the, the live action one just hits different. It does. Um. But I think my favorite Christmas movie of all time is Home Alone 2. Specifically 2. Okay. I think Lost in New York. I, yeah, I watched both of them growing up. But mm -hmm. I think that the second one is better. Hmm. I think it's less boring because he's that. going to different places. I like the woman and her birds. I like the well, hotel like... scene. Yeah. Like Donald I just Trump's in that one. Yeah, and he's like the second one is just so much more iconic to me. And I love the feel of it so much, like Christmas in New York and yeah, the eighties, nineties, eighties, nineties, nineties. But yeah, I really like those ones, but but that's all I wrote. I watched like Christmas specials here and there, but none that I can remember that were like, you know, on repeat. <laughs> Me being like, the Muppet Family Christmas TV special was one of my favorites. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've had any reviews for this movie on Letterboxd. I only nice. had like two, I think, that I thought were interesting. Do you want me to wait or go first? No, you can go ahead. So Lauren gave it three stars but liked it and said, dismemberment or barbecue? sent me into or at one point the rat king is like what are we gonna do with the prince and he's like mm, dismemberment or barbecue which was wild also his arm comes off multiple times and he's just like it's fine i'm wooden which he likes to repeat very often in this movie and so i don't think that dismemberment would have done anything to him yeah um and then this one was by Raphael, who only liked it, and said, why is there an allegory of the cave reference on a kid's movie? And the allegory of the cave shows how characters can free themselves from intellectual darkness through enlightenment and the bravery to experiment with new ideas. And it's when <laughs> when Kalara comes into like their prison and there's like a glass plane to look like if it's an empty cell, but then she has to break through it. <laughs>
This is a Plato idea, like a Plato's allegory of the king. And then my last one was Jessica, who gave it three stars and liked it. I could have sworn I found Eric hotter than the Nutcracker, but I guess I've matured. And there were multiple comments like this, being like, like when the prince turns into the Nutcracker turns into Eric the human, they were like, less hot, boo. I saw one, but I didn't screenshot it, but there was one there that was like, I wonder if Clara was disappointed when her silver fox turned into a boarding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, this one is by Cool Guy Bastion, who just gave it a like and said, every moment in this film feels like the firing of a machine gun. What? Um, Which I don't know if he was talking about the scepter or just like any of the action. (laughs) The audio is very alarming. Um, and then this one is by Ama, and she gave it five stars and a like, and said, Captain Candy and Major Mint's gay relationship carried the whole fucking movie. At the end, when they both start just dancing together, they're just, like, dancing. Like, they are fully just dancing. They're just going for it. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, those are the only ones I had. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it for me, too. Uh, what did you love this week? Ooh, what did I love this week? Um, obviously, I love the Gag City stuff. Gag City was really, like, on my mind, the memes. I love when a good meme comes out. I think that's that's my thing. Um, so, obviously, I've been listening to Pink Friday. What else have I loved this week? It was finals week, so I'm finally free. I get to go home soon. Um, I'm trying to think. What else have I been obsessed with? I feel like there's not a lot going on with me other than just like I've been I've been locked away. Like for finals, I didn't see the sun for two days. I didn't open my curtains. And then I, when I left the house, it was at night to go to the library to study. So I didn't see the sun for two days. But now we're free. <laughs> Obsessed with the sun right now. But it's like cold here and like gray. And I'm not used to that. I'm so excited to go back to my Florida winter of 80 degrees and tanning so excited that's that's what i'm obsessed with this week i'm i'm so ready no sweater just one light cardigan and i'm ready i'm packed how cold is it there right now right now let's look it up let's look it up let's not dox me let's see i should pull up how cold it is here or well all right the high today is 40 degrees and currently it feels like 33 but it's 40 and the low is 29 let's let's hear yours <laughs> right now yeah it's 82 degrees <laughs> high is 83 so this is the highest it's going to get um and the low is 62 <laughs> yeah yeah i'm cold it's gray outside also, for reference the weather all week has been telling us that today it was supposed to get colder 
So I don't know if this is colder. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it, but I like my phone is telling me that tomorrow the high is 42, the low is 27. Then it hits a low of 28. Then it hits a low of 23 on Wednesday. And then and then it heats up to about 50 for next week. Wow. I love the North. But yeah, that's it. <sighs> what have you been obsessed with? Man, I've been obsessed. I've loved um the new Scott Pilgrim cartoon. I've, oh, I've been okay. seeing people calling it anime. I don't know what about it classifies it as an anime. It doesn't have like a traditional anime style but i guess if it was animated in japan yeah that makes it an anime but i don't know if it was um but i've seen people calling it an anime so i guess i'll call it an anime so the scott pilgrim anime is really good and i love the movie scott pilgrim i was kind of just expecting more of that but this mm-hmm. show actually gets like a lot deeper and like scott isn't in the show for like a lot of it um because the plot is that he gets like kidnapped and so it's just like Ramona going from character to character and each episode is kind of like like a special feature on one character per episode and like just what they're going through emotionally how you know they've been maybe like affected by Ramona and Ramona's trying to like process you know how her actions have affected people in Mm -hmm. maybe not the best way and just like acknowledging how she's hurt people and things like that so it's like a lot more emotionally intelligent than I expected it to be but I loved it so much like and the original movie like Scott's not supposed to be like the good guy in it um, which isn't mm-hmm. like a difficult theme to pick up on but yeah. at the same time you still don't get to see as much of like the other people's personalities especially like the girls but in the show like they expand upon their characters so much and I love it so much and you get to see just like female friendship forming between like Ramona and her ex Roxy and Envy Adams and Knives Knives especially like she is like you know she doesn't have anything to focus on because she was focusing on scott so then she starts turning to music and it's just so good like the scene where her and kim's are playing the drums and the bass together it's so good um and then man i hate oh i wanted to go on around this i'll try to keep it short still because we already kind of talked a lot in the intro but I've just been really upset more than usual lately about how I can't find a single romance book that one doesn't have a little cartoon character on it on the front like a faceless the cartoon characters yes and like I know that some of these books must have legitimately good stories because Basically, how I came to be enraged about this even further is looking for a book for you because the original one that I got for you was not working. And so I was like, I have to find something else. And so I was looking for books and 
I was hearing people recommend some that sounded good. And like, I know like blah, 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 don't judge a book by its cover. But like, I, I can't help it when the cover is like, that's like asking me, that's like if you put like the cover of the Barbie movie that we just watched on like marriage story and you just wrote marriage story on the front of this like Barbie <laughs> nutcracker thing like yeah I can tell that like this is probably not about Barbie the nutcracker but you're showing me Barbie the nutcracker even though it says marriage story maybe this is a bad metaphor or analogy but you get what I'm trying to say yeah like, I can't expect like a mature fully developed romance book when you are showing me faceless cartoon characters and then second of all so much smut in all of these and like i've stated before that's fine you know but when it's in everything i feel like that's a problem like i was looking for books for you on tiktok i was like good romance novels and this girl made like a little tiktok that was like i'm getting heated it was like <laughs> best romance novels of all time and every all single time. book of all time every single book that she showed except for one one colleen hoover oh all time all time we all time and... how much time has colleen hoover been around because i feel like we got Not a lot more long. time and especially like looking for books for you like it's not even necessarily that I was like looking for this at least not anymore um because like I was I had a lot of specific parameters I wanted to hit for you and I just gave up on some of them one of them had to be oh. unfortunately diverse no <laughs> which <laughs> which for you luckily the one that I'm reading right now for you does happen to be diverse and even better like they don't talk about you know um their ethnicity or anything in the description so I wouldn't have known unless I actually read it which I like because you know I don't need it to be part of someone's personality I just want it to be there you know like that's the yeah. other thing that's frustrating is that whenever you do have like diverse characters in romance their ethnicity or like their culture or something is always like commodified almost to an extent mm -hmm. and like I just want them to exist like I'm not asking you to do all of this like <laughs> I just want them to be there and it's just so difficult to find anything like that in any of these books and like especially in these like expressionless cartoon covers that I'm seeing like there you I can see from the cover that there's no diversity and it's just like really frustrating because I feel like it's even more of a problem in romance novels than in other novels or in other books yeah and like it didn't really become like I knew it was a problem overall but it didn't become as apparent to me how much of a problem it is in romance specifically until I until I started watching or looking for a book for you <laughs> so yeah sorry that was a long one no I think I think you're so valid like <sighs> judge books books by their cover and i think it's really sad because i think isn't it a lot of the time authors don't even have a choice of like what the cover looks like um i'm not even sure i wouldn't be surprised like, i've heard that and that's like so like 
can you imagine writing a book you put your heart and soul into it and then it has a canva cover that would kill me I would literally be like I will do this for free like just let me make a cover myself <laughs> or, like, or even better putting... yeah like even better you don't even need to hire an artist which is unfortunate but like you don't even need to hire an artist because at this point I would rather you just have like a nice font on the front with like a blank page because I feel like that would draw me to this book more than a cartoon cover like cartoon covers yeah. are actively driving me away from wanting to read this book and it's always like a bright blue or like a pastel pink and I'm like you know what let's just let's go back old style author last name title and I gotta open the book and read it like penguin classics cover yeah like like let's go let's you know let's let's just go back to go forward yeah man I love boom <laughs>